In the interrogation room, the unnamed man is looking through a folder. He places a printed inventory on the table in front of you that you quickly review. This is new information, but you recognize what it means, keeping your thoughts to yourself. You believe the green box was tampered with. What made you form that conclusion? <laughs> the chipped rock sitting next to the door was a pretty clear clue. It didn't take a Sherlock Holmes to work it out when we saw the scuffs on the lock. But it was locked when you arrived. However, you reported this finding to Castle. Was there a reply? Once we got him awake, yes. He changed our directive as soon as he heard about the tampering. He determined the box wasn't secure anymore, so we needed to destroy the body. And he had the authority to make that call? I shrug a little, sitting back in my seat. Whether he did or didn't, it didn't matter. He made it very clear that he was making the call as our temporary handler, which, I suppose, gave him the authority he needed for that moment. So this document is a printed inventory of the items we believe were located in that green box. We have recovered none of these items. Please look at this list carefully. What am I missing? Good armor, weapons, thermite grenades. Oh yeah, the anti-tank rocket launcher. The rooster wanted us to keep that forever. <clears throat> I look up, putting the paper down. Mostly accurate, yes. You're just missing a couple things. There were six bottles of acid in a crate and a cassette tape recorder with an interview tape inside. Tell me about the cassette tape interview. I don't know who was doing the interviewing. He was interviewing an old Cree man. The older gentleman spoke about the star people and a little bit about the mythology surrounding them. I paused there for a moment before adding, and he sang the song that they sing. I'll never forget that tune as long as I live. Interesting. Please continue. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. Picking up where we left off last time, it's midnight out in the hills, the countryside, the great state of Montana. Now you got the, the group of you is located inside a green box, which is a storage cellar, underground, hidden amongst some a copse of loosely planted trees. Um, you've made some discoveries inside the green box, had some problems as well. When you last were doing this, you guys had basically made contact once again with Castle. Uh, and explained the situation to him about the breach of security and the potential breach of security involving the green box. He had evidence that someone had tried to break in, which, of course, is a big deal. And I, you obviously can't leave this site unsecure. So Castle promised he'd get back to you soon, perhaps in the morning, perhaps sometime the next day. But in the meantime, you need to watch this position. You still have a body that we don't know what to do with. And Castle's concerned that he can't keep it secure either. So you may have to move to Plan C, which is disposal of that uh, unusual body. Uh, you found some interesting things. Castle did say that there was something in the green box to help us with that. And you found some many things in the green box. And one thing I had actually neglected to mention last time we were discussing the inventory of the green box is there were some thermite grenades that you uncovered as well amongst all the other equipment. So we have, we have six thermite grenades on top of the other items you uncovered, which included those bottles of acid, included that large industrial saw, with multiple blades for cutting different items that you might need for a construction site or for, for other uh, messy cleanups. And you also have a, a uh, anti-tank missile, just one, 
Uh, but that should get the job done. As well as other uh, sundry items, some hunting rifles, shotguns, whatnot. And a couple of sets of British, basically field armor, body armor for soldiers in, in combat, uh, which I've, I've given information off stream to uh, Rooster on the stats of those, if you guys happen to decide you want to equip with those items. As we pick up the story again, uh, the four of you are still um, underground inside that uh, storm cellar slash green box, trying to decide what you want to do with the situation you're in. We did talk about needing to get the van back to the morgue, I believe. But we hadn't gone much farther yes, than that. Yes, it's... One idea we had floated was sending yes. two people back, one in each car, dropping off the van, and coming back after a shift, if you will, and to relieve the other two. We need to send the van back, but first we we need to talk about the elephant in the room. This This whole case is a total setup. A setup? How so? I mean, look at it. Look at the original reports they gave us the, the, from the coroner and the EPA. There's nothing in there that would say that this was a case for Delta Green. It had to have flagged something back there that they knew about and they're not telling us about. I mean, sure, you might keep people in the dark if they're a bunch of grunts out on a combat mission, but you know we're not that type of people. We're analysts. We need, we're supposed to connect the dots, but how are we supposed to connect the dots if we don't know what the dots are? And then there's this thing with Castle. I mean, he, he tells us about this green box, and, and somehow he conveniently forgets to give us a, the key? You, you really believe that? And, the, and that he left the key under a freaking rock? Come on, my kid knows that a rock is the second place you look for a key after you flip up the doormat. This just doesn't make sense. It is a little odd that the person banging the door with the rock wouldn't have found the right rock unless... I don't know. Unless something scared it off, scared him or her off. Well, the the right rock was a little ways away, wasn't it? Am I supposed to be insulted about the grunt on a combat mission comment? So Rooster found that rock with a hide key in it within five feet of the door. And then what about this this tape recorder here? I mean, it's set up nice and conveniently, ready to play. You you think that that's just been sitting here for years? No, somebody set it up for us. And it's wound to exactly the part of the tape that tells us that some previous team has been working on the exact same case we're working on now with this star child and everything. I mean, obviously, Delta Green has known about whatever's going on here since since cassette tapes were a thing. How many years ago was that? Depends. I, I don't know. I, I've still got some. They, they sound better. Was there any indication of what date the tape recording was from? It doesn't indicate it, but if you look at the technology of the actual cassette recorder and the tapes themselves, uh, they're more than 20 years old. But they wouldn't have had like an interview date on them at the, on the end tape or something? Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, this one didn't have a specific okay. date on it. Just some scribbles about an interview with it. I'll get the details here in just a second. Have you said your piece, River? That's the gist of it. I mean, some something's off here. Some Somebody's, I mean, they're definitely not telling us things that we need to know. You know, if this site was really ca- compromised, well, I know we didn't compromise it. Was it Castle? Was it A-Cell? Yeah, the tape itself is, is written, uh, Star People Interview. Spe- that's, that's the three words written on that tape in pen. So, look, River, I know you're not military, so I'm not going to be condescending about this. So let me just explain something I went through. I was a sergeant, not an officer. 
need to know a lot of times when you're the one in the field, you need to know shit they didn't think you needed to know. Problem is, we're our cell. And last time I checked, I mean, I flunked high school English, but last time I checked, R's pretty far down in the alphabet. We're talking with someone who's a C name. And apparently he's talking to people with A names. We're working with the high brass here. We are the grunts in the field right now. And need to know, unfortunately, is the way these things work. Because to them, we're expendable compared to them. Hate to break it to you, but you are the grunt on the combat mission right now. Well, and it's also worth pointing out that there doesn't appear to be an active cell here. C-Cell, or at least Castle's version of the C-Cell, he's retired. And, I mean, the last time that the four of us met, we were dealing with the remnants of the cell before ours. So, I agree, River, that something is going on that is reactivating cells. And perhaps reactivating old missions is part of that. And... I don't know, maybe Castle had an idea that something like this was potentially a problem. He didn't seem too surprised about the idea of a star child. Upset, but not surprised. And I mean, this is this is how Delta Green works. I didn't get a meet and greet with the, the brass when I when I was brought in and made the leader. I got a drop in, in a mailbox. Delta Green is very tight-lipped and they're very good about that. And I strongly suspect that it's because if they told us absolutely everything we would go shrieking insane into the night yeah sure they're tight lift but then they they go around leaving the key to a locker full of heavy weapons and whatnot under a rock you really believe that in a place where no one expected to have to find it this is this was hard to find and we had the coordinates oh come on there this is montana there are people wandering around in the woods all the time and they got no respect for property boundaries it's a lot of land out here to cover looking at looking at each rock well no but there's this funny metal hatch in the ground out in the middle of nowhere but look i'm, I'm not saying you're wrong no i'm just saying unfortunately this is the way it is i don't think it's a setup i don't think someone's above us is setting us up to take a fall for something <laughs> we're most likely being set up as fodder as cannon fodder before we're getting set up to make take a fall so you can let that cheer you up and that's better take that for whatever reassurance it is i suppose uh, <laughs> in my line of work yeah that that's usually better i understand your misgivings on this river but we have a situation in front of us that we need to deal with right now all right i still don't like it and i think we should get some answers out of castle yes um, so here's my recommendation for the way that we handle the rest of tonight. Two of us stay here and keep watch over the green box. Two others take both of the vehicles back to town, uh, return the coroner's van to where it belongs, and get about four hours of sleep, four to five hours of sleep, and then come out and relieve the two that are out here so that they can go and get some sleep. How long did it take to drive out here? We'll say about a half an hour. Oh, okay. I thought we were it's farther out. Yeah. And I'll check and check my watch. It's it's midnight now, so maybe be back here four thirty five o'clock. As far as the organization of of who goes where, I'll I'll stay and take first watch. Are we getting? Are we dealing with the body? Just two of us, or all four of us? I think we should get the body in. I think we should bring the body in here 
so we can take the van back and deal with it because that's one less problem to deal with. Exactly. And we're keeping watch over the green box anyway. So hauling the body into the green box and then shutting the hatch. Two, two birds, one stone. I'll stay too. This isn't my first time playing Overwatch over something. River and Rory will be taking the two vehicles back into town, dropping them off, securing them. And then is there anything else that the two of them will need to do while they're in town other than get th- three hours of rest, maybe? I've got a shopping list for you. Now, in the middle of the night, it's going to be hard to shop. Is Walmart a 24-hour? Uh, for yeah, for I, I don't think 10, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. It's not a 24-hour Walmart? Now, th- th- this is very this is Montana. It's kind of it's small town. People actually sleep, you know, and take time off. I was going to say, in, in Fairbanks, the, the Walmart's a 24-hour, and it's about the size of Helena. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. People need to get their... You know, well, it'll open guns early in the because the they need to get their bait and their ammunition and their and their their orange vests <laughs> or whatnot and their coffee. It'll open like five thirty in the morning or so. But yeah, they they they'll close okay. to restock the place and they'll do the usual uh, nighttime routine. Yeah, no shopping in the middle of the night. Okay. Well, then if if it's closed in the middle of the night, Rooster, you you and I can do your shopping list when we leave shift here. Do you have any more of those energy drinks in the in the car by chance? You have to ask. I'm sure he does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> May I have one? You want the you want the drink or you want the no dose? I want the drink. He'll uh we're all still in the the bunker. Before he heads out, he'll go, You want the uh twelve ounce or the twenty ounce? Uh twelve ought to get me through the night. He'll go back to the van, come back. So Rooster, roll your pal for me while you're out there roaming around the van, just for kicks and giggles. How? Oh shit. Yeah. Just for the hell of it. Just, for, just, just because. Sure. The last time we had to do that was when we were staring at the eyes of the star child. So this it's, it's is babies out there wandering around the forest. Mm, yeah. How do you do? He he does take his Let gun out before he went out there because it was leaving the box before he failed that roll. It wasn't to, it wasn't a fumble. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, you you go into the thing, you find your your energy drink, um, you go back to the bunker, nothing happens. It's entirely uneventful. It's great. So head inside. Okay. While he's out there, I'm I'm actually going to grab like one of the the winter parkas off of the wall and say, "I am not going to stay down here for the four or five hours. Uh, I'd rather see what's coming." So okay, uh, let, we want to get that body moved. Yeah, let's get that taken care of. I now. think so. All right, is everybody? Yeah, I'll carry the parka up and like drop it next to the the hatch to sit on later when I come back. All right, so who's moving that body? I will probably I'll, I'll I'll probably Rooster and I at least yeah. getting it. Well, we have it's on the gurney still, right? Yeah, but this is this is off road. I think we brought I yeah. think we brought the gurney with us. Good, we did bring the gurney. We were very specific we did, about but that. We're also not on pavement. Yeah. So you guys have to walk, walk the fifty yards through the forest all the way back over to where the two vehicles are parked. Is yeah, it just the two of you? Well, I guess multiple can get it out, and then Rooster and I will take it from the van to the hatch. Yeah, but stick together. All right, unlock the back of the van, open it up. Let me just. I was check something here just for the hell of it. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's Every like, time it's he says just it. the hell of it, I don't believe it's you. It's where we left it. Great. It's where you left it. Has it moved re- at all? Reassuring. Uh huh. All right. So, um, Rory will get it. Rory will probably body. go climb in and push it out. Like he'll actually go into the van and push it out toward Rooster. All right. As you push it out, the legs kind of retract and fold down. You line it up, and it's kind of bumpy. Oh, the gurney. Through the, I thought you meant the body's legs retracted. No, the girl. <laughs> so, it's 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 bumpy. It's rough terrain. Yeah, it's it's still in the bag. 
but you guys work your way slowly back over to where the green box is with the, with the body on it. Um, okay, yeah, it's still there. It's, it doesn't move or fall off or anything like that. So you, um, you're back the in front of the... The fact that he's rolling for this worries me. You're back in front of the uh, entrance to the green box. You've got the gurney and the, the double-bagged body bags with the body somewhere in the inside. All right, we're going to stow this down in the green box until we figure out what we're going to do with it, how to dispose of it, or if we get in touch with Castle and say, it's still around, are you able to get it to the right people in a timely manner? He did say something about 24 hours, right? Mm-hmm. Something about that. So, I'll check and check my watch again. Yeah, a little after midnight. All right, so um, Rory and Rooster uh, just get lifted off the gurney and carry it down the stairs into the green box, set it on the floor of our, our little storm shelter down there, come back upstairs. So the four of you are now outside the green box, upstairs, I guess about to split in two. Uh, anything else you want to do before the party splits? Just close up the hatch and lock it again and slip the key into my pocket. And we'll take the gurney back with us to the van. Of course. You two, make sure you got your phones not on silent in case we need you. Rowan, you and I make sure they are on silent. Yes. And your other one, and too. I'll... And your other I'll, one. I'll, I'll, and I your just, other I just one. look at him. <laughs> just look at Well, no. Castles has to stay on vibrate. I, that's what I meant. Turn them on to vibrate, not loud. Not loud. Who, who has their phones on ring anyway? Who days? has their phone on ringtone? <laughs> well, that's why. I, that's what I'm telling River and Rory to make sure they're loud enough so that they can hear them in case there's an emergency. No, usually yeah. my phones are are on silent or or do not disturb, depending on whether or not I'm sleeping. What's that? A thing that is healthy to get. All right. So moving forward, then uh, River and Rory. Rory will take the coroner's van. I'm assuming, correct? Yes, I was. Yeah. And River's was got the uh, the Range Rover. Just making you make a note of the GPS of where the, this location is. So you can find your way back and you drive Smart. away into the night. So before we drive, uh, you just going to drop the van and, and get um, out? Or? I think, what do you think? Should I leave it in the gurney in the van or should, do we need, I guess depending on, we could put it back inside the, inside the morgue. I mean, probably nobody will remember their, whether it yeah, was I'll in just, the van or not. I'll just leave it in the van. I think it has been a week since anyone's used them. Yeah, I think I'll just we'll park the I'll park the van and the, they'll notice the rug's gone before that. Park the van and then just get back and then get on the Range Rover with you and then go back to the hotel. All right, I'll just drive around the block once and then pick you up. That sounds great. All right, call us if you need anything. We'll call you if something goes terribly sideways. Sounds great. All right, so Rowan and River, I'm uh, sorry, Rooster, excuse me, Rooster and Rowan. What's the plan with regards to watches? Where are you sleeping? What are you guys gonna do the rest of this evening? Sleep. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm setting up to uh, basically sit on what is, uh, I guess I should ask, do I think that uh, a person sitting here would show up in silhouette if, if someone else came up and around? Sitting where exactly? Sitting near the, the entrance to the green box. Yeah, you probably would. Um, you'd be there in silhouette, uh, a small silhouette, you're sitting down, but amongst these trees. Because the green box door is flush with the ground. So you'd be mm-hmm. open and you'd be sitting beside it. So yeah, visible. Okay. We should probably move over to the cops of trees then just so our silhouette doesn't stand out as being the tallest thing. Um, but set up so so that we have eyes on the, the entrance to the green box at all times. If you had, hadn't suggested it, Rooster's already walking that direction, unslinging the rifle. And he goes yeah. over to the cops of trees and just inside the shelter. 
What's the moon like right now? Well, the trees are all around you. You guys are in the midst okay. of trees. In oh, any, okay. every direction, there's going to be trees. They're, they're thinly spaced. They're not really thick. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of these thin, you know, not very leafy, kind of sickly looking, skinny trees. Um, the moon is about three-quarter moon, but the sky is clear. Uh, there's no clouds that you can see. Uh, stars are out in full effect. So it's a, it's a beautiful, big, bright sky. It's a quite cool night. So there's a breeze blowing through these, these hills in this, this kind of thin forest that you're waiting in. It's quiet. Okay. Uh, there's no sounds of, of people, no sounds of traffic, no sounds of maybe in the distance a distant howl of a wolf, perhaps, but not much else going on. Okay. Then we'll move a little ways away from the entrance, but not far, just enough so that we're not like sitting right on top of it. Enough maybe so that someone coming up from that area that we came from wouldn't see us immediately if they're focused on getting to the, the green box. I'm thinking maybe like 50 yards away kind of thing. That works. Are you staying together, the two of you? Yes. All right. Out of curiosity, what does that winter parka look like? What color is it? It's it's a it's kind of a mottled oh, um, fall looking thing with a with yes. greens and a light okay. brown colors and a little bit of gray piping, but it's it's a forest parka that blend, okay. blend in with the surroundings. Good, Ron. I recommend putting that on. I'm in black anyway. One way or another, we should be uh, less conspicuous. I don't expect us to be ghillie suit material out here, but. No, we're not going to ghillie suit it up unless we put a lot more effort into it than I'm willing to. And I'll take the parka and wrap it around myself and sit down cross-legged on the ground. Rooster's going to lay down on his belly next to her. Uh, and using the hunting rifle he took out, he's actually going to take the sight off of his M4, put it on the hunting rifle, and set up in sniper position. You know it'll work in a pinch, but your training tells you you really have to sight it in and then actually test fire it to make sure it's accurate before you would trust it and reliably distance. It'll, it'll work for basic shots, obviously. You'll be a little bit off, but yeah, it wouldn't be sniper shots with this sort of setup. Well, he's also only 50 yards away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're only 50 yards away. Hopefully we won't, we won't need more than basic yeah, shots. Within 50, the, uh, the air won't affect your shot that much. You'll be, you'll be fine. Yeah, that's why he isn't worried about it. Then he hands... Hands the carbine to Rowan. She'll take it and then Jen check it over. It's not her usual thing, but she's she's used something like this before. So yeah, this is a standard issue military M4 carbine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at Quantico, she's had to practice with a lot of these, but this is not something you typically use in the field, and they've never no. actually brought into with you on assignment. So you've got a very passing familiarity with it, but it is you know how it works. It's a rifle. Yeah, she'll she'll actually go ahead and take her glasses off and slip them in her pocket because it's dark. It's dark. You don't need those right now. All right. So, I mean, our, our two city fellows, you guys will do your errands. You'll make the drop off. It'll be uneventful. Do you go back to the hotel after that, I assume? Uh, yeah. We, I'm assuming River will drive us to the hotel. Do we see any sign of our police friend? He's not there. So you guys are in the clear. Okay. I forgot about that asshole. How? So, nice, friend, I, nice friendly fellow that was He's very in. helpful. Eric, Eric's very helpful. But in any case, I assume the two of you will go back to the hotel and get a couple hours sleep. Is that the plan? Yeah, head out uh, say 4.30. Yeah, I, was, I guess check my watch. I guess it, right now it's be like, what, 12.30? It's, it's a little after 1 at this point. Okay. So what do you think? Four four hours from now? Or three? Maybe leave at 4.30 so we can get there by 5? Yeah. Town will probably start coming to life by 5, so I'd like to okay. leave a little bit before that. Plan on leaving at 4.30 then? Yeah. Okay. okay. Alright, cutting back to our two quiet agents in the forest, it's 
There's no conversation, of course, in this sort of situation. You both just they settle into the silence and the, the quiet of the night. And as you sit there, the night sounds become slowly more apparent. Uh, and you hear things further and further away in the distance. Uh, if a vehicle drives a mile down the road, you can hear it. You know, if somebody opens a window 500 yards away in a house in the middle of the night, you, you, you hear that faint sound. Are we that close to civilization? I thought we were out in the middle of nowhere. You're not. But sounds in the middle of the night out here in the wide open plains, they, they travel. Sound travels. The distances get strange out here. Uh, the longer you sit, the longer you wait, it's like you, your senses expand. So you, you're aware of more and more around you. A, a bird somewhere, a hawk or something, or an owl screeches and, and you notice it. So it's uh, one of those nights that just there's so little going on that every single little action is something that each of you make a point of. It's not, it doesn't startle you. There's nothing that outrageous going on. But I would like it if Rowan could give me a pow roll as well. Fail. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great night. Nothing goes wrong. No sounds, no interruptions. It, yeah, you're both perfectly fine. And several hours later, uh, you've, the two of you are with the caffeine, with the, the situation, with the adrenaline, with the nerves. The sun begins to rise. And slowly the sky changes colors. It lets a purple and a deep red and an orange and the yellows. And they slowly begin to expand and appear in the, in the eastern sky. And you, you see the, the sunset. It's a, it's a beautiful... The sun looks distant for some reason up here. A little bit further away than what you're used to in California. Uh, but you watch it slowly come up. It's over to your right. That's where you're, where you're sitting. So you can you see the sunset. The landscape changes. Shadows start to form. Everything around you lights up. No surprises as you watch the play. The whole world slowly become illuminated. And sometime um, just before 5 a.m., headlights on that road that you guys came down. I did want to make sure we checked for our police friend before we left the hotel, too. At, at 5 a.m., he is not present. So you guys okay. are leaving early enough that you can you missed our good friend, Eric. The Range Rover appears, and the two of you, Rooster and Rowan, uh, watch it slowly drive down the road, a little bit of dirt and dust trailing behind it. As it goes all the way to the position you guys left, it stops, headlights turn off, Agent Rory and Agent River exit that vehicle. And they, they come, they walk in, and walk towards the green box. No, stand up, take the parka off, just like roll my shoulders. I've put my glasses on as, as the morning was getting bright. And just like, all right, I think it's our turn to go get some sleep. What's that? The thing that you need to do more often. It, <laughs> yes, boss. Rory will toss the keys to Rooster. Keys are exchanged. Rooster and uh, Rowan head out. Anything you want to say to the other two before you leave? How was it? It was very quiet. We didn't hear anything except the, the normal noises of the night. So uh, No word from Castle? No word from Castle. Keep a weather eye out. If I hear anything from him, I'll call you. Okay. I recommend staking out away from the box. Not sitting in here. This is a prime situation to just drop a grenade in and finish you off without having to fight. Oh, and I'll pass the, the uh, green box key over to River. In case you need to get in there for some reason. That's such a lovely image, Rooster. When do you think you're going to be back? Well, it's, what, 5 o'clock in the morning now? I think no later than 10 at the absolute latest. I'm thinking uh, there are some supplies we could use out here that would be helpful. A couple hours sleep, quick stop, and head back up. Anything you want us to pick up? I'm pretty pretty well set. All right. So the, uh, the shifts change. Rowan and Rooster head into town, and Rory and River set up 
somewhere away from the, the box door. You guys can set up in a tr- next to a tree yeah. nearby or whatever you want Rory, to do. Rory probably would have gotten some coffee on his way back out. Um, so he'd be sipping that. Right. So um, as you guys sit in the morning, it's a, it's a cool morning, but the sun is coming up and the day slowly gets warmer and warmer. Uh, a breeze starts to form maybe around 7, 8 o'clock. In the distance, you can see some cars traveling on the, on the distant road going by from time to time. Around 8.30 in the morning, the road that you had traveled to get to this location, this kind of dirt gravel road that leads down beside somebody's property all the way down to this cops, a vehicle turns onto that road. Uh, it's one of those uh, those double cab trucks. So it's a truck with a double dual cab, and behind it, it's got a horse trailer is what it's pulling. And it it's heads down the, the gravel road at a regular pace, just driving in the direction uh, towards the position that River and Roy are sitting at. I'm going to call Ruin. I'm going to kind of motion to River just to like hunker down and just watch, not try to not to be seen by them. Did they leave us the guns? Uh, everything inside the green box is still there. There are multiple hunting rifles in there. We probably would have exchanged. Like, yeah, I but if you didn't pistol. leave one, I, I wouldn't have gotten in and gotten one. I, I would have passed the M4 that, that uh, Rooster handed me off to River. Yeah, I definitely would have made a point of saying be armed. Oh, I'm long armed. guns. Just, just, no, long, long guns. guns. Oh, okay. Where's the safety on this thing? <laughs> right there. It's- Podcast users, you can't see my face palm right now. <laughs> but uh, so so River River calls me. I want to do a stealth. I want to do a stealth check too. I will do, uh, just one second. So first, the phone call goes through. Um, Agent Rowan, um, despite your lack of sleep, your exhaustion and whatnot, um, that vi- phone vibrating is one of those things that you just mm-hmm. that you're trained to hear. Yeah. So it wakes you up out of your sleep um, after the third vibration. My eyes don't even open all of the ways. I pull it over to my head, like, "What's wrong?" We got a vehicle coming up here. Pickup truck with a horse trailer. Fuck. All right. I'll get Rooster. We'll be out. We'll be out as soon as we can. All right. So, Rory, you want to make a stealth check for yourself, right? Yeah, and I motioned to River to kind of hunker down too. So, I guess. Yes, I I will attempt to hide. Yeah. Okay. Give me a stealth check for both of you. Each. More likely, I'll just be able to check off stealth. Whatever works. Uh, I got a success. All right. Good. Thirty-seven. That's a failure. Okay. Yeah. Just check that box, and uh, and River puts the phone away and kind of. Find somewhere to sit that looks like it's probably concealed. Fiddles with the gun a little bit and waits. The two of you notice that the that the truck, the dual cab large pickup truck with the horse trailer, slows and drives right to the same spot you guys had parked your vehicles earlier this night. It stops there. Dust kind of settles around as the vehicle stops. You see the, the driver's side door open. Uh, a man steps out, older fellow in his 60s that you recognize. It's Castle. He's wearing a different jacket now. It's it's one of the it's uh, deep uh, dark brown. Looks like a, really a leather or corduroy or something. Uh, some thick mountain jacket basically. Uh, he's got a, a ball cap on. It's a baseball cap this time. Um, some denim jeans. Um, some, his boots. He closes the driver's side door. He walks on down to the, to the horse trailer. As soon as Rory realizes that it's Castle, he would probably send a text to Rowan. Okay, and go ahead. Just tell her tell her what you're texting her. The driver's, uh, ca- I'm believe- pretty sure it's Castle. Right. So you guys notice him open the back of the horse trailer and, and swing the doors open. Uh, then he turns around and starts walking, taking these kind of careful steps with his boots on, heading in the direction of the green box, the direction the two you're at. He stops for a moment, pauses and looks in the direction of River, uh, raises one hand kind of halfway to see if you'll acknowledge him. I look at Rory and then look back and, and kind of, all right, come on forward. 
And then Rory will probably get up and wait, like kind of acknowledge him. Okay, he, after, he looks after, over, sees Rory as well. He, he taps one of his pockets a little bit, stretches out a, a little to relax his shoulders, takes a few more steps, walks in your direction, walking towards the entrance of the green box. I, I would have gotten that text from Rory, and I'll text back, when you get some answers from him, call me. Will do. All right, so I, I assume Rory and River come out to meet him, or do you guys want to stay put? What's the plan? I'll go out to meet him. If River if River's going out to meet him, I would follow close behind. Okay. Probably. All right, so he, he tucks his hands in his pants for a moment, kind of stretches a little, looks at the two of you. Sorry, guys, this is on, on a short notice, this, this is the best I can do. I got something lined up. We can move everything to another location this morning. Uh, we're just going to have to load it all in the back of my trailer. I should just my, my granddaughter's trailer, but whatever. Best I can do. All right. But first, you're going to tell us what the hell is going on here. Yeah, we're moving everything from the screen box into my granddaughter's horse trailer. We're going to put it no, in a barn I, somewhere. I mean, you're going to tell us everything you know about the star child or the star people. Listen, this isn't my green box. This is not my green box. This isn't my cell. I'm, I'm retired. I don't know that much about this either, guys. I'm sorry. This wasn't my case. So whose case was it? I don't know who we had acted here. It's been years. It's been years since I've done any of this shit. Uh, might, might have been K. Might have been uh, H. I, I can't remember. They've both been active in these, these parts years ago. We're talking, we're talking the 90s here. The last time I knew those guys were doing anything in these parts. Oh, shit. This is fucked up. I mean, you look. I look the part, right? I look the part, but I, I'm not from Montana. I'm retired. I moved up here for a reason to get out of this shit. I'm from Chicago, all right? All right. So you're going to deal with this damn body? I've done this shit before. Fine. What do you got? Let me see. I don't know if we want to actually look at it. What do you mean you don't want to look at it? What do we have? I mean... Uh, we, we got the body of the... It's glowing. Yeah, when he opened, when he moved it to the body bag, it was glowing. It was something's going on. I'm not sure what, but it's we've got it in the body bag. It's on the floor of the green box right now. Okay, wait. Which which you two? What are, what are your? Who are you two? Who am I talking to here? Uh, Rory River. Rory, right? Rory, Rory, you're the doctor, right? Yes. So what the hell is going on with this body? Um, it's. I mean, besides the fact that it's glowing. Uh, just a normal... Okay, beside the fact that it's glowing, what okay. is going on with his body? No, it looks like a normal dead... But like, I mean, you, you saw the... I guess maybe you didn't see the autopsy. The autopsy looked like heavy metal poisoning. It looked like something like exposure for years, but I think the exposure was from like a week ago. Like a week before... Like a few days before he died. What happened is some guy works at a plant near here got infected with something, and he threw up on this this deputy that we've got in the the box here. And a few days later, the deputy died. And now the and now the the coroner that examined the deputy is in the hospital. Okay, yeah, but what about why is this body glowing? And the deputy's wife had a kid that has something weird going on with it. We haven't gotten that. We didn't look at the body that closely. To figure out why it was glowing, at our main goal was getting it out of the morgue and somewhere so, else before. So we don't want to have as, we don't want to have contact with this body any more than we have to, in case we get infected. Okay, I get that. I get that. Um, somebody from A Cell thought that we should find out what happened to this body and what the nature of the unnatural contamination was. But if this thing's dangerous, I, I don't want to be responsible for that. All right, so it's my call. Uh, we're, we'll just, we're destroying this. 
I mean, it's potentially already out. The We've got at least one at the hospital right now with the same symptoms as this guy. We've got this wife, similar thing. It's This is getting out of hand quickly if we don't okay. put a lid on it. I get that, but what's happening inside that body bag? I don't know. Uh, I didn't look at it long enough to before. pull it out of the drawer, put it in the bag. We closed that up. Okay, how are we, how we, how we going to do this? Do we got a bathtub? We don't have a bathtub. There's a lot of stuff in there. Uh, I say we wait. Looks at his watch. 20 minutes. The rest of our cell will be here. We can figure it out. I, I got 20 minutes. All right, that's fine with me. I, I got, I'm in no hurry this morning. Let's wait. You guys got any coffee? I, I, I got some coffee. It's, it's, it's not great, but if you guys want some coffee, I got some. I'll take a filler up, yeah. I'll text Merlin, bring extra coffee. <laughs> he goes back in the trunk of the car, gets a thermos, <laughs> you know, unscrews the thermos a bit, tops you off, you know, it offers him to river as well. Thanks. It's 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 like the home the home brew from the uh, uh, the instant you know machine in the morning that, that spits it out into the glass carafe sort of thing. It's yeah, not great coffee, but it'll keep you up. So and, and we wait, right? We wait for 20, 20 minutes or so? Yep. Uh, then the rest of our cell will be here. We can get more opinions on this. Whatever we do, we got to get it wrapped up before it spreads any further. Yeah, he just nods his head. So as as the three of you wait, he looks around a little bit, kind of kicks some rocks, looks at things, looks at the trees, looks at the door, peeks inside the green box a little, doesn't go inside. Uh, oh, just, it's still locked. Just, yeah, just, oh, okay. it doesn't open at all. If it's locked, he's not going to open it. Uh, he just looks around a bit, glances at the trees, looks at the sky, just kind of minds his own business basically. And eventually the Range Rover drives down the road and you guys watch it come. I would say that one thing I would want to make sure of because it is, you know, it's it's about 8.30, 9 o'clock. I would, I would be looking to make sure that our uh, detective friend is not perched in the, the motel parking lot waiting for us to get up and get moving. So it's 8.30, right? It was 8.30 when they woke me up and I would immediately like get dressed and go wake up Rooster, but look to see if our detective friend is in the parking lot. Give me a luck roll. Let's see if he's arrived yet. 25, <laughs> half. Okay. Uh, as you peer out the window, he's still not there at this moment in time. Okay. I will move very quickly then, suit up, grab my stuff, and go in and knock on Rooster's door, do the shave and a haircut opening. Within moments, Rooster kind of opens just a slight bit with the chain, sees it's Rowan. So, Rooster, what's your willpower right now? My willpower? That's power, right? Er- uh, will. No, my willpower currently is 10. Uh, make that 8. And then Rowan, yours also go down by 2 as well. All right. For the lack of sleep. Ew. So um, Rowan wakes up Rooster. He's not feeling it, but he's got, he knows he has a job to do. Yeah, and, and Rowan is very definitely like propping her eyes open behind her glasses. Just like, truck showed up at the, at the green box. We need to go. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't like it, but he's also... As soon as the knock on the door, it was adrenaline up, Mm -hmm. gone out. He's still dressed. He never took his shoes off because he knew. (laughs) So within a minute then, Rooster should be at the door? Or anything else you want to do before you leave? Rory texted me to tell me it was Castle. They said bring coffee. So I imagine we're going to start dealing with the green box this morning. I've got energy bars in the back of the truck, but we should bring some food. Let's hit the drive-thru. Do we have time to do equipment shopping or are we leaving that for later? Let's leave that until after we've dealt with the green box. Heard and received. Get in the in the uh, the Range Rover and Rooster. Give me a luck roll as well. Eighty-one. Oof. Okay. So as you pull out uh, and drive down the street, you you notice a white unmarked vehicle 
driving it towards you, Shit. heading towards the uh, the motel. And I'll see here. Okay. Yeah, and as you drive, he makes a U-turn to the street. Okay. Now and begins to turn and follow the Range Rover. Now is the time that 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 we need to employ those tactics that we talked about yesterday. We taking out him with a sleeping pill, or we taking out the tires. I don't have sleeping pills, and Rory isn't here to help us with that. I'm not going to risk accidentally overdosing. We just take out one of his tires. And only one. That should be all that's really needed. Slow him down enough so he can't follow us. All right. You guys will hit the first drive-thru if you want to go to the drive-thru. Uh, which, where do you want to stop for breakfast? Now, now with this information, I'm going to suggest that we go park at Starbucks and I'll go in and uh, actually I'll I'll go over to Hayes when when he pulls in beside us. I'll go over to Hayes and be like, morning, need some coffee? I'm buying. Right, so, so you parked your vehicle here. Um, Hayes does pull in after you maybe about half 30 seconds later and he parks about six six spots down away from your vehicle, not beside it, but just just further back in the parking lot. And Rowan casually walks on over there. Rooster, what are you casually doing? I'm going to sit in the in the truck and wait and see what Rowan gets to happen. Because mm-hmm. I'm hoping she can get him to go in with her. Right, so, um, Rowan, you approach the way. He's sitting in this vehicle. Um, he's basically, the engine is still running. Mm-hmm. He's got his phone out. He's actually looking at himself, but he stops and looks at you and watches you as you walk in front of the vehicle down to the driver's mm-hmm. side. Uh, he hits the window button. And rolls down the window and kind of peers out at you and smiles. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, Funny seeing you here. Very funny seeing you here as well. Uh, We were grabbing some coffee. Do you want some? Uh, um, He he looks over at the middle of his console. He's got like two thermoses sitting in his middle console. (laughs) Um, He goes, "Uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You sure you don't want anything? I'm buying. It's on the FBI dime. Huh. So, um, give me your, your, is it persuade or what do you, oh, I have persuade. I have persuade persuade out the ass. I'm using that. Go for it. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. So what'd you get? I got a 45. Okay. Yeah. Regular success, but still success. All right. So he ponders it for a second and decides the, uh, the the free meal. Why not? Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. If you're buying. Hey, I'll take one uh, grande Americano. Hey, why why don't you come on in with me? It'll be easier to just give the, the order ones. You want me to go inside? Yeah. I mean, I'm going in. I'm not going anywhere for a while. I'll take you up on the offer if you do something for me. What's up? What do we got? Like five minutes? Uh, thereabouts. I just want five minutes of your time. Five minutes. Like we can talk. We'll get coffee. We'll talk. It'll be just five minutes of your time. In, w- in what sort of capacity? I just, just curiosity. Okay. Okay. He he um turns off the engine. Actually, we roll the window up first. Turn the engine off. Grab <laughs> um, his stuff. Exits the car beside you. Closes it. Uh, smiles a bit, kind of makes the after you motion. I'll like incline my head a little bit and, w- and walk forward and just like not really glance at Rooster, but like turn my head very slightly in that direction before before moving towards the door of the Starbucks. Yeah, so he starts as you guys are walking to the Starbucks. He's like, so so Agent Rowan, where where are you from? Uh, I am from Sacramento. Actually, I'm, I think he would call you Agent Redact is what he would call you. I take that back. Yeah, he wouldn't know your code name. No, he wouldn't. We haven't called each other those in front of the them. I'm based out of uh, Sacramento. Yeah, we've we've got an FBI uh, office here in the state in Billings. Uh, I, I, I don't know why they send you guys from from Sacramento. Well, you know how the the federal stuff works, and sometimes certain people are better suited to particular jobs. And the department that I work in is a little more suited for this than maybe the local people. 
he opens the door for you as you're talking to be mm-hmm. be a gentleman. I've, I've worked with the feds before. I do the several DA task force, interagency stuff. Well, my experience with you feds is you guys are very territorial. And you guys, everything is, is your jurisdiction, my jurisdiction, his jurisdiction. Paperwork and the permissions just to operate in somebody else's backyard. It's got to be a nightmare. It certainly can be. Hold on a moment, and, and I'll give give my order to the, the Starbucks person and then turn to him and say, and whatever the gentleman's having. Yeah, so he, he gets his grande americano, asks for some extra sugar. He also picks up a couple of the little, little breakfast pastries as well. You know, he asks for two of those things there, and he grabs uh, like a little Rice Krispie treat bars that are on the counter <laughs> and puts that on the counter as well. Yeah. And then looks at you to... You're obviously paying for it, yep. so he just, he just steps back. Yeah, and and I and I would have gotten like the list of coffee for uh ev- for everyone else as well because I'm doing the coffee run. Get get that order in, pay for it. She rings it up, asks for it. You use a cre- company credit card or something to pay for it, mm-hmm. and then you step away from the counter. So he says, "Yeah, so so tell me about that. How how'd you guys end up in my backyard?" Well, like you said, our, our departments are very territorial, absolutely, but there were a couple of things that brought it to my department's interest. A couple of things that were still... Yeah, like what? Eh, there's a not. There are things I can't disclose yet. They have to do with Homeland Security. I, I've dealt with that stuff before. I'm cleared. I've, I've, we've, got some, we've got some people out here in Montana. There's a lot of people out here in Montana that you don't want to think twice about. They stay you know, separatists and supremists and whatnot. Mm. And we keep an eye on a lot of these guys. And they, you know, the, your office in Billings this actually has a whole... Uh, I mean, they keep track of those guys. That, that's, this is their backyard. And we cut to Rooster, who's standing beside uh, our friend Eric's vehicle. Looks around. There's nobody near you. Parking lot's clear. Nobody's watching. What do you do, Rooster? K-bar into the truck. Right, right in the tread. One one pop in and out. Yeah, one pop in and out, but into the tread, not the sidewall, so that right. it's so that he doesn't see that it's been slashed. Yeah, it's a little slower leak as well, which is good. So, and you put that K bar, put it right back in your belt, step away casually, walk back to the Range Rover, cut back to Starbucks. So he looks to Rowan for an answer. As I, as I said, there's a few things that can't be disclosed yet. Uh, we're still putting some of the pieces together, and it's it's proven to be interesting, but not insurmountable. I mean, who are you looking at? For who are you looking at? Well, right at the moment, we're looking at everything. We just started the investigation yesterday, after all. So right now, we're still asking questions and figuring out which threads need to be pulled on. You guys don't have any particular threats that Homeland would be interested in. At the moment, we're still looking. There is certainly very strong possibility. You ever figure out who that guy was that uh, that got Fred sick? Uh, we're still working on that. But you guys haven't like ID'd that guy or anything? We've been looking at at a couple of things. I have I haven't had a chance to sit down and look at the video yet. We've been all over town the last day, so. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Well, an analysis takes time, so in order to really give it the the process that it needs. I mean, we got that figured out already. I'm surprised you guys haven't even looked at that yet. Oh? Yeah, I mean, um, you probably saw the guy had some kind of ID badge on his chest. Like, uh, looked like some kind of company badge on his chest. That symbol's pretty, we know that symbol around here. That's of the Benthic people. Oh, is it? Yeah, you guys heard of them? Uh, I can't say that I have. What, what do they do? And I'll, 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 t- I'll take out like a little notebook <sighs> out of my pocket and a, and a pen, like mm-hmm. I'll pop the pen open. As, as some sort of pharmaceutical laboratory or something that they do. I don't know what they do. Some kind of government research. It's uh, it's not really, I mean, the, I hear it's private, but that's not really private. 
I think it's one of those uh, the government spook things, you know, where they do some kind of black box stuff. That's just a rumor on the street. Hmm. Well, if they do, I haven't heard about it, but I'm certainly not the only person who would know those things. Yeah, they keep a pretty low profile. Well, if they were black box, it'd have to be. You guys don't work with them at all, do you? No. Or, or at least if uh, someone in my organization does, I haven't heard about it. You guys aren't working with Breckenridge? Uh, well, indirectly working with, with Breckenridge. He kind of motions out, out the window towards the Range Rover, just makes a little motion head nod. And as he does that, you see Rooster getting back in, in the, the front mm-hmm. of the vehicle. I like glance over, like, oh, good. <laughs> I mean, so Breckenridge is, uh, you guys work with Breckenridge, right? Yes, they are very helpful for providing a, a little bit of extra support when we need it. Yeah, it looks like they, they, they rented some, he motions out the window, you know, rent your buddy out there, or your, your henchman out there, right? Henchman, that that sounds so crass. He's a he's a very useful friend. These these rent a what are they rent a soldiers? Yeah. I mean, they're not cops. They're definitely not cops. Like, I mean, we're cops. Yes. Those guys are something else. They are, but he is under my command, and he respects that. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah, that I, I know that works. So I mean, you know, Breckenridge Benthic uses them too. Really? Just between the two of us. Mm-hmm. There's a, a tie-in there. If you go to the gate, you're not seeing your regular security cronies, you know, or your, your pretend cops or whatever. Those are Breckenridge guys at the front gate. Well, that does lend more credence to the idea that it's a black box area. Why would you need a rent a military otherwise? Yeah, just just be careful. You know, the, the, your, your coffee order comes yeah. up. He offers to help if you want to help carry some of the stuff out of the car. Oh, I appreciate it. I'll have him carry the, the sandwich bag because I've got breakfast for everyone. So on the way out, he's like, you know, look, listen, the sheriff asked me to tell you guys, and I know it's been really weird. I apologize. I'm just doing my job. I understand. It's, we, we all do what we are. We do what we're told. I get it. You know, so if you want to be helpful, you can just let me know where you're going to be, and I don't have to make it so obvious. Well, at the moment, we're, I think that we are heading over to the hospital to meet up with Dr. Redacted. I got you. Yeah, I know. All right. No worries. You guys make it to the car. Rooster's there. Mm-hmm. Rooster probably hop, pops out, helps you with the coffee that's unloading. So Eric just stands there for a second. He's got his coffee. He's got his breakfast sandwiches and his, his, his Rice Krispie treat and whatnot. Kind of just looks over the two of you for a second, pondering to himself, like if something else he wants to say. I'll like cross my arms and lean on the, the frame and say, anything else, Detective Hayes? Uh, yeah, I guess my five's up. I got, if I think of something, um, you got a phone number? Yeah, I do. And I'll, I'll, I'll give him my personal number for the phone that's turned off for the entire time. Your, your bureau number that you use for the agency. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right. So he gets one of his, his own business cards out of his pocket in a pen and, and scribbles the number into his business card, pockets it. It says, thanks for breakfast. Uh, I'll be seeing you. I'm sure he, he gives you will. Gives you a, a smile. He walks back to his car. Tip him a little two-finger salute as I, as I watch him go and then climb into the car and say, pull it off. Well, he's... Got a leaky tire that's already looking flat. Fantastic. Let's get out of here. Aim as if we're driving at the hospital, and then once we lose him, head for the green box. It takes no more than a half a block for you to see his car slow and pull over to the side of the road, and you just continue on your merry way. Yeah, and I make absolutely sure that the phone that with the phone number that I gave him is turned off. It is. So um, eventually the Range Rover, let's see what time it would be. It would be, should we say 10 a.m.? Probably closer to 9.15, 9.30, because we, we would have taken as little time as possible. We'll make it 9.30, 9.30 a.m. 
Uh, the Range Rover arrives, uh, driving down the same gravel road. Everyone st- stands there, watches the two of them stop the Range Rover, exit the vehicle, and the group is back together again. Uh, you see Castle there. He's obviously wearing different clothes. It's a different day. He's dressed up for the, the outdoors. He's got a baseball What are you saying? Hat. Some of us keep the same clothes on the whole time. <laughs> yeah, those with a house tends to change every single day. So he's looking a little different today. But uh, he's got a worried look on his face. A, a worried expression. He doesn't have, have the same confident air as when you saw him last. Okay. Uh, but he's standing there, hands in pockets, just waiting as the four of you all gather up to figure out what the hell we're going to do. Yeah. And and when I see him, I'll, I'll go over, offer a handshake and a, and a cup of coffee. He, he he offers his hand, gives you a firm handshake. Um, he's like, I, I got some I got some coffee, uh, but uh, you know what? I'll I'll take yours. Yours looks a little better than what I got. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, Thank no you. problem. So, what's the situation? What are we doing? What's going on? And listen, um, I was told we, to collect that body, and that's what you guys did. I appreciate that, but I, I'm just not I'm not personally feeling very comfortable with the situation that we're in right now. Maybe we can secure the body somewhere else. Um, we can keep the mission parameters as is. I don't want to put that body in my, my granddaughter's barn, though. I just don't want to do it. It's a temporary... No, I don't want to do it. It's on me. I'm, I'm making the call. So it's, it's, my, it's my neck on the line. We're going to get rid of that body. We're disposing that body. All right. While Castle's talking to Rowan, kind of back corner, out of ice shot of him, I'm going to kind of nudge Rory and go, you sure that's him? I was pretty sure. But now that you say something, I guess I didn't do anything to verify. I mean, he knows who we all are. We looks the same as when we saw him yesterday. I mean, we are dealing with aliens. They do body snatching things. I've got a good look at that kid out of the that guy's wife's house. There's nothing that different about Castle. Was it gray skin, big head, long finger thing? Or are we talking it was, ET? It was a it was a baby. The only oh, difference. So face hugger. The main only difference between that and it, it was a full-size baby for being a preemie. That was weird. It had black eyes. That was weird. Everything else, pretty normal. So what you're saying is Castle's not an alien? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Rooster's going to toss the empty, enormous coffee cup into the Range Rover and pull out an energy drink. All right. So, um, listen, uh, we got to get rid of this body. We've got to clear the green box. Um, and then we got to make, make it like we were never here. And how about this? Um, you guys have something more important to do than do grunt work and do moving duty today. If you help me with the body, I can move the green box. I'll take care of it. There's something down there too heavy, right? Uh, there's there's something heavy. What's down there? Heavy something. Uh, what is it? A law. Law. What do you mean? Like 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 books? No. <laughs> uh, anti tank rocket. I'll be fun damn. stuff. Okay. All right. Well, um. I'm going to need one of you to help me move that. Uh, oh, I can help you with that one. <laughs> All right. Damn. The, deal, the okay. deal is you don't. there's only one round. You don't get to fire that. That's mine. <laughs> All right, soldier. I'll leave that to you. Just help me put it in the back of the trailer. Be, I appreciate that. But what do we want to do with this body? I, I mean, I'm typically, I mean, we could bury it, but I'm not feeling real comfortable about that right now as a disposal option with the, with the unknown. I don't know how we want to cut it into pieces if that's... Mm-mm. dangerous option for this type of situation we are absolutely not doing anything that involves splashing bodily fluids around all right uh, if we burn it great but we're gonna make a lot of smoke mm-hmm. that's the downside to that so what else we got i have been told that there are there's some very corrosive acid in the box if there's a way that we can okay. dissolve it without dissolving what, everything else around it that would be possibly a good option although 
putting the bodily fluids well, I into. I don't like that. <laughs> I was going to say our EPA yeah. friend may have an issue with that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, first of all, we don't have anything to contain the acid. And even if it did, what do we do with the acid afterwards? I don't know. I don't know nothing about this acid. I hope. I've got a question. The anti-tank rocket is in a container of some sort. Yeah. How big is that crate, and what's it made of? It's a metal crate. So it looks as though it's aluminum, probably, is what it would be. And oh. It's got U.S. Army markings on it. You know, it's got some steer- serial numbers and, and uh, barcodes and whatnot. And, it's, and the inside is lined with a, uh, that, a thick foam to keep everything in place. So uh-huh. it's going to be, um, what's a good analogy? Maybe a little bit smaller than a desk. So just a little bit shorter than a desk would be, and maybe about a, a foot by a foot. Mm. So, in other words, not big enough to stick a body in. No, probably not. No, it, it, I mean, it's not even that big. I mean, the law rocket is, is like two, three feet long. Yeah, it's got the rocket plus the launcher in, in the same crate, set side by side. Yeah, that's why I was wondering, is because it's got both in there. But I mean, okay. this, this is a shoulder-fired thing. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the Vietnam-era one. I don't know. Are there any abandoned houses around here with with a good old fashioned bathtub? Ah, oh, God, I don't, I don't think so. I know the the farmhouse you see over here in the distance that actually people live there, so that's not abandoned. We want to keep an eye on that. You know, I can check. Maybe I don't know. Run some errands, fine. So bathtub, maybe. Uh, what else could we use? I'm not the scientist here. What's this I'm storm sorry. cellar made of? Is it just dirt? It's mostly cinder blocks with a concrete floor. So, for all this shit I know, I don't know anything about acid. I'm guessing that uh, it's going to eat through here. Yeah, so River would know that it would it would eat through the cement. Yeah, I mean, it'll eat through here. It'll get down. It'll get in the, in the groundwater. It'll, it'll kill everything. What about... Well, what doesn't it eat through? Does it eat through plastic? For our purposes, we're going to say yes, to make it simple. <laughs> there, there are different inert substances that would... That would I'm not a chemist either. But there are inert substances, plastics and whatnot, that, that are immune to the effects of acid. So you would need some sort of inert, a thick plastic would be best. You also need a base would neutralize it. You put some in a base, some baking soda or other bases on there. I was thinking of going to the car wash and getting one of those big 55-gallon plastic drums of, that they put soap in. So I'll say that, River, you can roll science for me and tell me what you get it for that. Yeah, I mean, that would probably, well, you'll see. 18, that is definitely a success. Yeah, so in River's scientific opinion, that would probably work. Yeah, at least for a while. Well, and if we can keep it contained, we know of a very highly contaminated area and someone who's willing to do quite a lot of favors for us at the moment. A little more contamination. Oh, yeah, the guy I didn't get to threaten. I was just thinking about that guy. We can take the the dissolved body and dump it in the pit. It's already heavily contaminated. It's not going to do much worse, hopefully. Can we just dump it in there without dissolving it? They said that he said that the water would burn you. So, uh, so Castle actually thinks about this. He says, "What pit are you guys talking about?" The Oakland Pit. Oh yeah, I heard of that place. Okay. I'd rather yeah, dissolve that... the body before we dispose of it anywhere. Just I don't want any more accidental infections. And listen, bodies float in water. Um, we want to dispose of this thing before we dump it somewhere. Exactly. And the pieces are probably still going to float anyway. Exactly. So if we are able to dissolve it first and then dump it, it's just liquid that we're dumping. God, I've, I've never smelled that, and I'm not looking forward to this. Yeah. Okay. I mean, um, let's just say we don't just load up the cylinder with the acid and the body, close it, and leave that in a green box. In this green box? We're abandoning it anyway. I'd rather leave it do that than to risk it getting out and infecting someone or infecting groundwater. 
you know what? You know what? That's a solution. I, I, I can still tell a cell where the body is. If they want to recover it from a, a big barrel of acid in a green box, that's on them. I've done my job. All right. And then we've, we've kind of dealt with the situation here, right? All right. As, as long as A-Cell is going to clean this up, because I mean, yeah, it, um, it is literally my job to keep people from doing stuff like this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I am too. I'm this sorry. Not ideal. All right. Rooster, do you want to pop back to the, uh, the car wash and see if you can get one of those? Yeah, I think I can manage that. So, um, what, we wait? I mean, you could load it. We could start loading everything else into the trailer and then... Works for me. Let's do it. I'd rather not split any of us one without backup. I'll go with Rooster. You're the only other military. You and I need to be separate, so we've okay. got a military person with each. So is River going? Oh, I guess I'm going with you. Yeah, and uh, I'll shed my jacket and start rolling up my sleeves. All right, let's start moving stuff. Okay, good. So moving forward, then, basically, Rooster and River go to the car wash. We'll, we'll do that scene real quickly. I mean, it's the car wash. Let's say you arrive there 10.30 a.m. when you pull in. It's the car wash. And you go to one of the attendants, one of the managers. What? Who wants to talk to these guys and ask them if you want to buy one of their barrels? So who's making this deal? You want me to talk? Or you have something special EPA scientist thing you can use? Because I was just going to say that, you know, my Let's kid has a science project or something. That works for me. Or, all right, cool. I'll do it. This guy, he's got a white shirt and a uh, kind of clip-on tie. He's just sitting by the cash register. There's a younger girl operating the cash register. And, and he, he kind of you get his attention. He stands over and he's like, hey, uh, how can I help you? Hey, man. Uh, look, this is going to sound weird. But uh, do you have any leftover of the big plastic barrels? That we might be able to buy off you. My my nephew found this crazy idea that he wants to make plastic armor out of it. And him and his friend are going to beat each other with sticks. And and he said that this would be the perfect thing. All right. So um, give me your persuade, but add, add 20% to it. I still, I don't know if that's going to be any good at all. That is, holy shit, that's a success. 39 out of 40. There you go. So he kind of nods at me. He says, hey, I, "I guess that's all right." Hey, um, we don't use, we don't sell those, but you know, um, we got to pay somebody to take them away. So hey, if you want to take one, it's no skin off my back. Yeah, I mean, score. Yeah, uh, uh, where should I bring my truck around? Yeah, here I'll show you. So he he, he walks out. The bell in the door rings, and he brings it around the back where they got all the, the boxes and all the old barrels, and they're just kind of the trash car wash. He points out there's about three or four empties. He's like, "Hey man, have, take your pick, man." No trouble, no trouble for me. Nice, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Hey, no worries. In a Range Rover, I'm gonna take two of them. So you load up two of those, and um, yeah, the, just two is all that fits in the back. They're, they're pretty big barrels, and you guys head right back. <laughs> so back at the green box, uh, Rowan and Rory help with the moving of the, the law rocket. You guys start gathering other items together, packaging things up, moving the ammo crates, moving the gun crates, other the, the heavier items. So you've done a little bit of, of moving back and forth. It's a walk, 50 yards between you know, each location. So after, you've made some progress, but eventually, um, 11 a.m., the Range Rover returns. Everyone stops working and meets up with the Range Rover. Opening the back, there's two big blue barrels that hold these. This, what is it, like 80-gallon? What were these things? What's the capacity of these things? Uh, they're usually 55-gallon drums. 55 gallons of cleaning solution that these industrial car washes use. It's well, empty. you said these are, yeah, empty. And um, the, I would have made 
sure that I got the top and the metal ring that closes it, too. That latch is closed. Hey, so get this. This guy at the car wash bought my bullshit story about a kid making making armor out of this shit. Yeah, I mean, if if I realized you were going to try to pull something like that, I, I would have done the talking myself. Next time, let me do it, okay? I asked if you wanted to, and you said, what do you want me to do? You said you had a story. I thought you actually had a good story. It worked, didn't it? Yes, because you are weirdly persuasive when you want to be. Let's 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 haul this out and deal with this. Wait, what's that supposed to mean? Exactly what it says on the tin. Come on, let's do this. The tin. Wait, do we have cookies? As he in the her. in the sandwich bag, I handed you one in the car. Ooh, that was good. It was like spice and nutmeg and stuff. That was oddly addictive. And follow Rowan. You move you move these empty barrels over there. You place them outside the green box. What do you do next? If we're leaving it here, which is the the plan at the moment, uh, we should actually get it into the green box before we start doing the dissolving stuff. Take it down into the green box, carry it down the steps. It's, it's a pretty big barrel. You manage to kind of work it down there, set it in the floor. So, Agent Rowan, uh, give me your alertness roll as you enter the green box. Ugh. As I fling my dice across the floor. You got more dice. I, I do. A lot of dice I there. very much do. Made it. Okay. Looking over at the the body bag, it seems to have bloated a bit oh, since you last saw it. Goody. It's it's, a, it's risen slightly. There's got a lump in the middle of it. I'm going to point that out to Rory and say, you know, I don't know a lot about no, the process of that's decay. Not no, that's yeah, that's a little disconcerting. Oh, good. It's not just me. Yeah, I'm. I do. I'm going to be real hesitant to open that up. I don't suppose we have Rivers, uh, the good res- respirators. See, would Rivers have that in the vehicle? Well, yeah, because we had it. I think it. he would. I think he would. Well, well, and we also yeah, went back I, to the hotel, so we, that's you might have grabbed it before we came back for the watch. Well, we had it in the morgue, didn't we? We had it when we were in the morgue, and we brought it from there with us. I mean, it, we would have had to actively take it out of the Range Rover. So River has one of his his uh, kind of space suit or his environmental containment suit that he's got available for him to use. Otherwise, you guys have basically masks that you've been using. Do we have to take it out of the body bag? I don't know. Will this acid dissolve the body bag? The acid's going to start dissolving the bag as soon as we put the bag in there. Let's put the whole bag in and then pour the stuff on top of it. Do I know if the acid would dissolve the body bag? So I'm going to say, um, I won't make you roll for it. You know that the material this, this body bag is made out of is such that it is weak to acid. Yes, it would it work. Would the body bag fit in those barrels? Give me a luck roll on that. Oh, gosh. 76. Okay. It, it's going to require a little bit of pushing. Oh, boy. It, uh, volume-wise, it fits. But it's uh, the full length is a little bit bigger than the actual barrel, so you need to kind of... A little bit of shoving and cramming to get it all the way inside. There. All right. So here is so here's my recommendation. And River, you can tell me if this is something that is feasible at all. This is contaminants from more your area than mine. We work and get the body into the into that barrel. One person gets the respirator with the full gear on and starts dissolving it because I cannot imagine that the fumes from that are going to be good for anyone in here breathing. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, let's put the body in there first, and then I'll suit up and start pouring on the acid. Castle says, hold on, guys. Um, 
I still haven't finished cleaning this green box out. I don't really want to work in, in this space if you guys are dumping some chemicals in here. All right, if you guys help me out, let's just move everything upstairs and just pack it up upstairs. I can move it to my, my trailer later, but let's just get it cleaned out. It shouldn't take more than a half an hour, and then we can deal with let's the Let's do it. All right. Um, in classic fashion, I, I've got a really stupid but potentially brilliant idea. Uh, what's that? We've got an anti-tank rocket, and we've got an enclosed space down there that will control the explosion and push back. Inwards. I would be more inclined to use one of the thermite grenades over over the anti-tank rocket. Well, you guys have thermite grenades? Wow. Well, I I mean I have thermite grenades. Now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, but I, I mean they're yeah. small. They burn hot in a controlled area. It's not gonna. It would go through the body better than a regular fire, but it's not going to dispose. I will of just it. point. I will yeah, just point right. this out. Uh, Castle pointed out the farmhouse earlier. That farmhouse is not far away enough to not hear a literal rocket explosion. Like I said, it was a stupid idea that could be brilliant. Apparently, it wasn't yeah. brilliant. I said it could be. Can't uh, win them all. Don't explosions tend to kind of throw stuff oh. around in all directions? That's yeah, why I no. said let's, let's, enclosed let's, area. Let's not play. Let's not Somebody's got to be down there to fire the damn thing. Oh, yeah. I could be out here to shoot down, but we already we already vetoed it. Fine, yep, fine. Yep. I'll save it. I'll save it for a rainy day. You know, better excuse. All right. So the group, you guys, move, clear out the green box, move everything outside. It's all above ground at this point, and you assemble again. So there's just the barrels. There's two barrels that you have. And who wants to stuff the body bag in here? Who's who's our volunteers for that fun project? Rooster stands there and puts his finger on his nose. And I, I just look at him and go, you're a lot stronger than I am. River, the question is, are you going to let me use your mask? It's kind of fitted to me personally. Then I guess you're doing it. Have fun. Well, this is just getting the body into the barrel. We can all assist with that. With the lift and the stick. And the shove, shove, shove. That's true. The lift and the stick and the shove, shove, shove. And I would suggest all of us wearing at least medical masks just... In case it looks like there's, it's gotten bloated. I don't know if there's gas or anything, but or something. Um, medical growing. mass will help us if we need to help us if anything happens. All right, so Castle stands back near the, the stairs on the way out and lets you guys do your thing. The four of you lift it up, and then uh, what? Head first or feet first? What's the plan? Head do you even head, know which side first. is which? Head. Well, I imagine I imagine that, that that the bloating is happening around the chest, so we would have a basic idea of which direction is which. So stick it in head first. Rory, give me a medicine roll. Oh, good. I'm okay at that. Uh, where's my medicine? Uh, 35 success. Good. All right. So as you guys lift it, move it head first, the bloating part in the middle goes down to the head. And, and Rory, that, that means to you that you feel something's detached. It's, it's detached at this point. It's not all one body at this point. Hmm. So it feels like there's the head is maybe detached or something's attached near that what, end of the it. The bloated part does not feel like it's a part of the rest of the body in your assessment as you see it slide down to the head as you guys shove the and you guys shove the head down there. I don't imagine you guys are going to wait and watch this. And the head goes down head first and the large bloated part also falls flowing down to the head side of the body bag and settles in the bottom of this big drum. You guys think it was a chest burster that's turning into another bigger alien thing in there, in which case we might want to rethink the rocket. Uh, so we're we're still planning on pouring the acid in now, right? That's the plan. With a little bit of quick twisting, 
there's a quick, quick twisting of the, of the legs. And actually, come to think of it, as the, uh, the middle bloated part settles, uh, the body seems a little bit more flexible than it used to. And the twisting part is a little easier than you thought it would be as far as getting it down there. Um, someone, perhaps Rooster, puts the lid on it at this point. And I imagine you guys seal this. Actually, don't seal it up because you have some things to do. So Rooster's got the lid ready. Uh, River, you need to get your spacesuit on. Yep. While he does that, anything you guys want to do? Rowan is beating feet out of there. <laughs> she is not sticking around for this part. Rory, I would like to mention that Rory's been watching his phone for any word from the hospital if since he left his number with head nurse and the whatever doctor was working on the corner. Checking your phone, 11 a.m. so far. Yeah, no updates, but that's fine. Nothing since, um, nothing since the night before. Okay. Yeah. So it's five, five minutes or so, River's got his the suit ready to go. Rooster's going to look at him and go, look, I know I don't have one of these things, and I know you don't like me very much as it is, but do you need help on this part? I hope not, but don't go too far. Are you going to need muscle or firepower? Hell if I know. I'll be right outside, so the word. And he'll climb out climb out of the storm cellar and position himself just outside the door. Alone in the storm cellar, the empty storm cellar with just a few fragments of old furniture. The guys decided you didn't need to take with you, obviously. An old table, a couple of old chairs, some shelves, and some old crates in the corner. There's two big barrels, one of which uh, has this body bag, this misshapen body bag stuck in the bottom. River stands there with his spacesuit on, the full-on EPA environmental hazard suit, mask, gloves, the whole bit sealed and contained. And sitting on the floor next to him, there are these six vials in like a little melt crate, you know? These six clear liquids with the little acid corrosive warning stickers on them. So River, uh, you take the lid off of one of them, pull the cap off of one of the bottles, uh, step over to the barrel, and I assume you just pour it in, or what's your plan here? I start pouring it, you know, relatively slowly and carefully. It slowly starts dripping, 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 running down the uh, the body bag. Uh, you can see the, the uh, bubbling chemical reaction begin to happen as it trails all the way down the body bag to the bottom of it. Uh, you empty the first bottle pretty quickly, and you notice in the bottom of the body bag that it seems to be the bloating is shifting slightly. It's shifting inside the bag, kind of moving from side to side, down at the very bottom of this barrel, where, where the head would be on this body. You take another bottle, uncork it and begin to pour that second bottle in there. The chemical reaction continues. I'm aiming for the bloated stuff this time. And, and you can see it's, it's bubbling, it's sizzling, it's hissing. There's little, the little uh, the gases are being released for part of the chemical reaction. And it's, uh, it's starting to pool a little bit at the bottom. But two bottles, that doesn't seem to be much, not a lot of depth of acid at this point. It's a very thin layer at the bottom of this barrel. You get the third bottle. We're pouring that one in as well and watching the process continue. Something down there is, is moving, which doesn't look like a normal reaction to the, the acid or the chemical reactions going on. It bulges slightly in the bottom of the body bag. It bulges again. And you can see the body bag begin to deteriorate and fall apart and dissolve with the acids. And you can see colors beneath it. It's a reddish, a deep reddish color, a lot of whites as the fat and other things are breaking up beneath. As the body bag is starting to dissolve beneath, you finish the third bottle. Grab the fourth one. Uncork that one, start pouring it down there. Uh, looking down, uh, the body bag is, is falling apart now. And maybe there's about four or five inches of acid in the bottom, which is starting to work and do its thing and sizzle and dissolve and cook this in the bottom. But you see a light appear from inside that body bag as it's falling apart. It's a glow in the bottom of this barrel, a kind of a greenish blue glow coming. 
and as the acid pours inside, the glow increases. Oh, joy. The glow starts glowing more. Fifth bottle. Take the cork off. Pour that in there. Um, and the, the body bag is, is starting to just fall apart in the bottom. And there's a mess of red and, and tissue and fat and things and colors are starting to come out of that. Uh, this kind of light, light is emanating from it. This kind of greenish blue light is moving. You think you see it kind of rise and fall and rise and fall as the acid soaks into it. It continues as pulsing, pulsing, pulsing in the bottom of the barrel. The fifth bottle is finished. You grab the sixth bottle. And continue with the process there. The body bag is gone, and it's just this weird blob of tissue and light. And give me a, um, give me a medicine roll, a medicine skill. Just a base. Give me a, your base medicine. Oh, that is zero. Okay. Give it a roll <laughs> for the hell of it. See if you see if you can roll below a zero. Yeah, I'll for, give me a first aid roll. At least give me a first aid roll so we have a chance of learning something about this. Seventy-six. Not even close. Okay. What you're seeing looks like skin. And um, three minutes ago, you didn't see skin. You saw like like tissue being dissolved. You saw fat cells and skin and blood and falling apart. But now you're actually seeing what looks like human skin at the bottom of this barrel, which is odd. It seems like the process is going in reverse as you dump the sixth bottle, the last bottle down there. Uh, the barrel is maybe about 11, 12 inches deep of acid at the bottom. And it's cooking. It's doing its thing. But in the bottom of that barrel, as the as the body bags have dissolved away, and there's a mass of tissue. There's still this. You see the legs kind of coming up to the top. Those aren't really that affected at this point. And you can't see the head. But there's just a mass of it appears to be living tissue. It looks like human skin, and it's moving and it's pulsing and it's glowing in the bottom of this barrel. And you're done with the acid. There's no more acid to dump on this thing. What do you want to do? Um, I want to get the lid on. You put the lid on, and I imagine you seal that lid? Yes. I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Ben Sislowski, and I play Rooster. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Rory. I'm Thomas Ogus, the handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detwiller, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. The Chapter 1 story is based on the scenario Extremophilia, written by Shane Ivey. If you like our story, there's two things you can do to support us. First, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to each new episode of the story, Rowan's written reports for each chapter, as well as access to bonus episodes that explore the background of our characters and the story. And if you can't support us directly... Please support us by telling people about us. Uh, leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Share us on social media. We're on all the usual social media sites as The Redacted Reports. Thanks for listening. <laughs>